what up? Welcome in. This is the latest and greatest from Road Tripping Along the Military Highway. I am your host, Sam, and I am with uh, my wife, Monica. How are you doing? I am doing really good. You have that mic very, very away from your face. There you go. There we, we want go. we want to hear you today. All right. So uh, we are we are wrapping up our time with our family in Asheville. Going to head back to the real world in, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And um, I'm going to give it over to Monica to talk about who we have with us today. Go ahead. So uh, we have very special guests, very special to me. Um, they are the reason I am here for sure. I call them mom and dad. Their names are Mark and Yvonne Nock. Um, we're happy to have you. Nice to be here. Very nice to be here. Yeah. Um, as Sam just mentioned, we met up as um, a family in Asheville. It's very beautiful up here. And did a bunch of fun Christmas outings. Did Biltmore um, estate. We went to the Arboretum and saw all the lights there, which was a lot of fun. And I'm missing something. The what Biltmore we, House. I, Biltmore. And what did we do before the lights? The Grove Park Inn. The, the Grove Park Inn. That's right. How, that was fantastic. How could I? Uh, the gingerbreads. Yeah. yeah. Gingerbread houses. Yeah. Uh, there's a comp, the Grove Park Inn hosts a gingerbread competition, and there were some fantastic entries there for sure it was really neat to see and the girl park inn is a really neat um, resort so today we're going to by proxy of my mom and dad learn a little bit more uh, about me and um my background and their background and their testimonies and they have beautiful testimonies my dad's going to share how he came to christ and my mom is going to share a beautiful testimony about how God healed her. Um, so, Dad, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and, and your testimony of how you came to Christ? Okay, yeah. Um, I, um, When I was 13, I became an atheist. That's the beginning of my coming to Christ. So uh, I just left the church completely and uh, went off on my own and um, proceeded to live such a life but uh, in the uh, process of time um, started getting in some trouble in my life and uh, that started uh, slowing me down enough to start looking for something else something beyond myself there was a uh, uh, I didn't think I could get into that place in my life I had enough ego to think that I could just go through life and that would be it and be fine but uh, I got into enough trouble that I realized that there was something more out there and I needed some help. So um, when I was in college, I would hitchhike from University of Idaho in Moscow, Idaho, back to Seattle to visit my family. And several times on that trip, there would be Christian witnesses that would, uh, I'd be hitchhiking and they would be sharing with me. And I would tell them, stop the car, let me out, I don't wanna hear it. Uh, and I kept resisting whatever they would say. So eventually, um, I graduated, got in the Navy, um, met a girl in the Navy while I was in the Navy, and we started dating, uh, started getting in trouble together, and um, that led to, uh, again, to a place in our lives where we begin to seek more. You know, the, the trouble was bothering me, and we started desiring to seek more. 
So mm -hmm. we kind of went on a search for God. We kind of um, wanted to know who God was. I mean, what, what, what was out there mm -hmm. and uh, who he was, you know, was he a Buddhist? Was he a Mohammedan? Whatever. So we were just kind of searching. And in the process of time, we were hitchhiking down the coast of, from Seattle to uh, California on our way to Hawaii. We thought we'd spend the winter in Hawaii. We were hippies by that time. And, um, <laughs> Uh, for those of you that know a little bit about Christian, the recent Christian history, there was a phenomenal revival in the late 60s and early 70s uh, called the Jesus People. Mm -hmm. And there were literally thousands and thousands of young people that came to Christ. It was a big hippie movement uh, and thousands of young hippies, especially along the California coast, but actually all over the world, came to Christ. So as we were hitchhiking, they would pick us up, and they would be a witness. They would be talking about Jesus. And again, I would say, stop the car, let me out. <laughs> We'd get picked up by the next car. They would be a witness. And it just went like that all the way to see, uh, from Seattle to California. Uh, but the interesting thing about that was that while we were searching, something in us was searching for God, we... The word, the word that penetrated me was when Jesus said, I am the way, mm -hmm. the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. Mm. And it was like an arrow that just stuck in my soul, and I couldn't shake it out. And eventually, uh, well, there was, um, if I could just take this another minute. In Newport, Oregon, uh, this young man who I could tell was a Christian, and again, I was trying to avoid avoid it, um, came up to me and began to share with me. And again, whatever else he said, I mean, he said a lot of things over the course of an hour, two hours. He met us the next morning in our restaurant where we were mm. eating on our way out of town, uh, came up to our table, started talking to us again. Whatever he said and whatever all those various Christian witnesses said to me, the one verse that just pierced me was that verse, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. And... Um, when we got to Hawaii, we eventually made it to Hawaii. Um, there was a point when I could do nothing. I had a physical issue and I couldn't hike. So I sat down and I started reading a little Bible that Yvonne had been given in Newport, Oregon. And as I read into Matthew, there was Christ. I mean, the very Christ they had been talking about and the verses that were piercing my soul met me there at that mm. point in time. And I knew Jesus was the way. I just knew at that point. Mm. And um, um, we prayed together for the first time uh, in our tent, living in a park in, in Hawaii. And we prayed that God would bring us a preacher that we could tell really knew God. Uh, wow. So um, he did. The next day I was hitchhiking. Somebody told me about this missionary out there. And uh, the day after that, I was hitchhiking, and that person told me about the missionary, the same person. Mm -hmm. So I called him up, and and he came and picked me up and took me to a service in a cave on the north shore of Kauai. Um, again, I wouldn't go to a church, but a cave, that was not threatening. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we went to that cave service, and on the way out there, as I was riding in his Volkswagen van, again, he was preaching from the front yeah. seat, and I was in the back seat. 
and there I met Christ in that van on the on the way out to the North Shore, and uh, that changed my life. But it was that word. Uh, I was thinking this morning as I was reading. I read the first thing I read, and I was reading in the Old Testament. It said, "Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel.'" Hmm. And that stopped me. I mean, just right there, just those words, speak. And I remembered that Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Hmm. There is a word that he speaks in general, and that word is good for encouragement, understanding, and direction. But the word that he speaks to you, those words are life. Hmm. And that verse, I am the way, the truth, and the life, became life to me. It penetrated me, and it brought me into Christ. Yeah. yeah, well, like the, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews 2, you know, Hebrews 4, 12, the, you know, the word of God is, you know, sharper than a double-edged sword, cuts to the bone right. and marrow. So um, uh, just a couple follow-up for you. So you said you were an atheist when you were 13. Uh, when did you get saved? Like uh, what age did you give your life to Christ? About 23. 23. So about 10 years of, you know, God working on you. And I know, I, I think that's just so important for us as Christians to remember that you don't know what's got, what God is doing in in somebody's heart. And I know that, you know, especially when you try and reach out to somebody, I mean, obviously they might be like you, uh, stop the car. I don't want to hear it, you know? Right. And they might not do that physically. They might do that, you know, emotionally, it just might shut you down. And, but once again, you just never know, you know, what God is going to do very true in and through just little stuff like that. Just, picking somebody up off the side of the road. Right. It's just, um, yeah, it's just amazing to hear and, and how God kept, you know, speaking to you and, and moving you along that journey. And I, uh, think what is so cool about that too, is, um, during the Jesus uh, people movement, uh, so many, they might've been very new Christians themselves and Mm -hmm. taking that step of faith and not knowing, what was going to come of it, you know, mm-hmm. just taking the step of faith, witnessing to someone, even though someone would say, you know, stop the car, let me out. I don't want to hear it, you yeah. know, but they probably continue to do that. And when God finally got a hold of your life and through all those people who took those steps of faith, you never know what kind of impact that will have. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you may get to see it was a generational impact mm-hmm. because when you came to Christ and then you taught us up in the ways um, mm-hmm. to follow Jesus and uh, um, your three girls, me, one of them. And sometimes you do get to see the fruit of that labor, mm-hmm. but many of those people you've never seen again in your life. That's right. And they didn't get to see the fruit of that step of faith of witnessing to someone and they don't know the generational impact that it's had. Mm -hmm. And that to me is what's really cool too. And why we even started this podcast, um, one and, and our, uh, journey of going to start a microsite too, you know, I mean, we may come across people that, you know, we witness to that might tell us to let me out of your house or let me out of your RV, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but you just never know, you know, you never know, you know, this is, we're going to start doing it officially, but we've done that throughout our military career. I mean, in England, Lee wanted nothing to do with, you know, God and whatever. And then she started coming to the Bible study. Um, and then, 
you know, my best friend in the military, he, him and his wife are, they don't believe in God at all, you know? So, I mean, who knows? I mean, we're on year 17 of knowing them. Mm -hmm. So you don't know, like I said, it took you 10 years. I mean, you don't know what God's doing in somebody's heart. It's just, just so important to be faithful and, you know, be persistent. That's true. And as your mom and I travel around the country in our RV, we plant seed wherever we go. Yeah. We're, we're always looking for an opportunity to yeah. plant a seed. And again, like Monica said, you don't necessarily see the tree blossom and mm-hmm. become a fruitful, but you plant that seed and then you move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Dad, for sharing that with oh, us. Very mm-hmm. well. I love yeah. that story it's, it, because it's it's trickled down, you know, to me and even my kids have that seed planted in them yeah. and grandkids. Right. So right. your third generation, you know, down and generation to generation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now we'll go and uh, hear my mom's testimony and, and the impact that has had on generations too, mm-hmm. and what God did for you and in, in that testimony, I'll let you share it. Okay, I've been, um, Monica asked me to share about the testimony of my healing. And I have to give a little bit of uh, backstory to that mm-hmm. because it all relates to the Word. And the Word has been and is such a major part of my faith. And it has been from the very beginning. From the very beginning, I thought, Oh, what Christians do is read the Bible. From the very beginning, I started reading the Bible and reading it over and over and over again. And not only the Bible, but even God's Word speaking to us directly or indirectly has has been such a part. And, I, and I'm still trying to wrap my mind around, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, at Jesus. And the great mystery of that, that it's not just words, that it is God himself mm-hmm. that speaks to us through the Bible or himself. And there's been a lot, from the beginning, there's been a lot of miracles and amazing things because of that Word. And that's a bit of the backstory leading up to my healing as I said, I from the beginning, I've been reading through the Word again and again and again, and to this day, I'm still doing that. But there's all those days when life gets the best of you and you don't read. You're too busy. You mm-hmm. have this going on. It's a bad day. I'm too tired. You have all those days. And to the day leading up to the day that I was in the hospital and I had been... Um, Monica was six years, six, seven years older, seven six. years old. And uh, Alyssa, her youngest sister, was a baby. And I had just been diagnosed with cancer. And I, I had a feeling that things weren't going real well, but nobody was saying anything. The doctors weren't saying anything to me. So I read my chart one day they left in there. Oh, gosh. And <laughs> it didn't look real good. I didn't understand all the medical terminology, but I did understand enough to know that this doesn't sound good. So I picked up my chart and marched into the doctor's office (laughs) and said, I want you to level with me. What is going on here? And he he said, well, you have about a year to live. And um, 
I was, what, 29 at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I went back to my room, and I'd been having a lot of sessions with God with my pillow over. Mm -hmm. I'm glad this is just audio. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's all right. I lose it. Yeah. But... um, been ha- like I said, I've been having these sessions with the pillow over my head, just me and God. And I, at this point, I decided I'm going to open up my Bible. Now, take into consideration all those days of not that I didn't read the Bible, of reading it through the times between reading the Bible, where I said, I just finished that, I'm not ready to start again, until I said, okay, let's go again. And I opened up my Bible that day to the place that I had left off the day before. And it was. That's <laughs> all right. It was Psalm 118. And the word was, You shall not die, but live mm-hmm. and declare the words of God. I didn't go looking for that. Mm-hmm. God went looking for me, and it was true. Mm. And I, um, I needed. I I watched many uh, women that were with me in the hospital going through the same thing. Uh, Several of them die, and then I also was having all the symptoms that they were having before they died, and I'd have to go back, and they would say, "Okay, we." Now we think this cancer spread to another part of your body, and this went on and on until basically we checked. I checked myself out of the hospital oh, wow. and uh, didn't go back. and And it was just a living word that it was true. He literally sent his word and healed me, and. That's how living the the Word of God is, and mm-hmm. and and because of that, I knew that literally my life was not my own; that my life was bought with a price, and that I was living I was living a life that had been given back to me. Mm-hmm. And all the more, I felt like, oh, you need you. You are his. You need to serve him with all your heart and with all your strength. And so I, I set out to do that with within the, the lens of your experience, the lens of how you think that should be done, and um, never look back on it. It's funny how a lifetime of it, you see, sometimes you see it as that, you were you weren't working for him you knew you could never earn it mm-hmm. you knew you could never pay anything like that back but yet you were somehow laboring with it and i it's just it's just wonderful how the word of god continues to open up and it continues to reveal things and I, I see it even so differently now. Like I've read many things about anybody, a pastor of a 100,000-member church in Korea, 
all the way to Billy Graham at the end of their lives, and they're looking back at a life of service, and they're looking back through their lens of what they gave to God. And they all have the same refrain on, if I had it to do over, you know, and they mention more time with family, and they mention more time with God, and maybe a little less travel or a little less labor. And I, I think I think many people feel like that. So I look at it now looking backwards and saying, if I could say anything else about service like that after God has done such amazing things, not only saving us, but uh, healing us and everything else he does for us, is that there's a there's a balance to it too. There's a there's keeping um, keeping before you those things that are important to keep it, keep it in in balance. And mm-hmm. and even now the the way the word is speaking is that he, when I look at it, and the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is one. They are total unity. They do everything in total unity, which is amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that is really what he is calling us into. It's an invitation to be with him. It's an invitation, uh, not so much, it's not labor. It's an invitation to be part of partnering with mm-hmm. him and his oneness yeah. and whatever he tells us to do. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, it just shows both of you guys just I think God's relentless pursuit of his, of his children, you know, especially from where you came from, from, you know, having nothing to do with God to serving him wholeheartedly, basically being, you know, uh, Jacob, you know, for, for the knock family, you know, the generational aspects and things, you know, so it's really great to, to hear both of your testimonies and, and how God is using you still, you know, in your, in your later life. And we're just happy to share them and uh, hope that they become a seat for somebody that you're doing this podcast for. Absolutely. All right. Once again, thank you guys for joining us and hopefully your stories have, have made an impact on the people on the other end of this, this podcast. And let's uh, close out in prayer and then, we have to check out of our hotel and head back to the real world. <laughs> so, Father, we, we thank you and we love you and we, we bless you, Lord God, um, for this time. We thank you, God, that you never, ever, ever give up on us. Lord, that you meet us where we're at, that you are bigger and greater than our problems that we face. And, Lord, we ask that you would uh, be with us this holiday season. Lord, help us to to cherish the time that we have with uh, family and loved ones. Lord, we pray that um, you would bless us coming into 2022, that we would uh, be fruitful or that we would work your mission field. Father, that we would plant seeds along our highways, Lord God, and that you, Lord, would make them grow. We thank you and praise you for all those things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you again for doing this with us it was fun mm-hmm. yes. i enjoyed it, it definitely uh so we just scratched the surface we can definitely have you guys on again and talk about some more things because you have decades of of service and ministry so we definitely young decades yeah yeah <laughs> right. yeah <laughs>
All right. All right. Love you guys. Love you too.